In 2013, 6D Helmets forever changed the way we think about motorcycle safety helmets. With its patented omnidirectional suspension system to help absorb rotational impacts, the original ATR1 helmet swept through the industry and was received with open arms by riders and racers alike. The new 6D ATR2 and ATR2U are even better than the original and carry a limited three-year warranty and a unique technology that allows the helmet to be rebuilt after most crashes. Visit 6dhelmets.com for more info. Hey, welcome to the 6D Kickstart Podcast. I'm joined on the line right now by a new 30-plus Vet World Champion, Michael Lessie. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, buddy, how was the day today? I mean, it was uh, it was quite the uh, it was quite the race day for you, like showing up and uh, not having any practice and winning both motos. Yeah, it was uh, it was interesting to say the least. So, I'd been riding obviously the Monster Cup preparation with the two-stroke and uh, with Eddie Sanders and the testing that we went into to try to get that thing into the into the main event, which was cool. And um, then this uh, opportunity came to do the German supercrosses mm-hmm. uh, while I was in California. So it was like, I, I wanted to do the vet championships, but when the German thing came up, it was kind of like I had to put my focus on supercross testing to be ready for that. So I rode Friday. I've been riding supercross this week. Then I rode Friday and Saturday just to finalize like my supercross prep that I'm ready to go race next weekend because i leave on tuesday mm-hmm. my first race is on friday so um so i woke up this morning it's about 7 seven thirty, <laughs> and told my dad i knocked on the door i'm like hey what do you think about just going racing like have a father-son kind of day yeah like just go have a fun afternoon and just go do some riding and he's like done and he like instantly go to the shop gets the bike loads it up <laughs> have some breakfast and we're out the door and um yeah, we get to the track, and because of the the, uh, the time difference, so the time change was last night, so everything went back uh, an hour. Mm-hmm. So we were told 10.30 was the uh, the first moto. Yeah. So we get there, and we're like expecting maybe practice just be ending, and we could ride some late practice. And the racing's already started, and they we pull in, and race two uh, is is just taken off. And I'm luckily I'm already geared up because I left the house ready to go. And so we roll the bike out and they tell us, Hey, the race is race number four. And we're like, wait, 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 we, we were told that the race is at 10 30. And they're like, yeah, but they, with the time change, it's actually nine 30. So we're like, Oh, great. So I literally go out in with race, uh, race two or race three, whatever. And I just roll two laps just to check the track out. Cause I mean, I, I had, I hadn't ridden Glen Helen in a long time and obviously no prep so did two laps went right back to the gate i had last gate pick i wasn't even signed up yet yeah so i had last gate pick and um yeah what a day man just having a good time with you know all the riders and just you know kind of mingling with tedesco and you know mike brown and chris kiefer and mm-hmm. you know dennis stapleton just some of the uh some of the riders that were there and just man we're having a good time and you know uh you know, what can I say? Uh, great, great event that Lori puts on there at Glen Helen and all the staff. They uh, they definitely run a top notch first, you know, uh, a plus um, a group that they have that that's going on at Glen Helen. Yeah. So you literally went to sleep last night, and this wasn't even. Really- I went to sleep. I went to sleep about ten because I was watching some college football games, and then um, I woke up this morning at uh, six or six thirty because I had the the alarm set to watch the Jacksonville game because they were 
uh, playing in London. Mm-hmm. So I was already up. And as I'm watching the game, I'm just like, man, Jacksonville's really sucking right now. Like, <laughs> I don't know if I could really watch this game anymore being six in the morning. So at that point, I just walk over to my dad's. And I'm like, let's go race. Let's go. Let's go have a father son duo and just have fun. And it was a great event. Yeah. But like, you weren't, it wasn't, was it a possibility when you went to sleep last night? Were you thinking, yeah, maybe I'll race tomorrow? Or oh, no, it- no, 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 zero, zero, zero <laughs> chance. Because I had just put in Friday and Saturday of Supercross at yeah. Miles. And, um, and then I was handing out awards at the, um, AME race. At, my, at my dad's AME race, uh, for the, uh, 65 open class. Mm-hmm. And, and so after that, I was like, okay, well I'm, I'm done. So I went home, washed my gear. I literally started packing my bags like I was going to Germany. Yeah. And, uh, I, I didn't even bring my wallet to the track today because I had my wallet <laughs> already packed in my backpack. And yeah. so I get to the track and I, I realize I'm like, oh shit, I, I can't even pay to race today. Yeah, and TA, my dad, TA is like, oh, I'll just I'll take care of it. No problem. You just pay me back. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, just like bizarre. And I woke up and I had my gear bag all packed, like perfect. I mean, like boots, the goggles. I had the helmet on the helmet bag. I had my socks, underwear, everything laid out for the race in Germany, like literally dumped it all out and threw the Fox gear in and just it it was it was pretty funny the way yeah. it went down. So what do you uh, – change the subject a little bit. What are you going to wear in Germany? I have to wear Fox. It's part of the team okay. deal I'm riding for. Yeah. So my deal with Liat was just for the Monster Cup in the whole month of October. Mm-hmm. So today, I mean, I just – I chose to wear the Fox gear um, just because that's what I'm racing with next weekend. So yeah. it, just seemed, it just seemed fitting. Yeah, but obviously the team, uh, Moto Concepts, they're going to be uh, Liat uh, yeah, next year. Yeah, head to toe, right? Uh, the helmets, are not the helmets, just the um, the gear, uh, goggles, gloves, boots. Yeah, okay. So, but uh, I think Justin Hill's wearing the Liat helmet, isn't he? Yes, he is. But okay. Malcolm and Malcolm and uh, and Vince, uh, I believe they're on a different helmet. But Yeah, they probably had showy contracts already. I, I believe so, yeah. Hmm. Okay, so you came out and uh, rolled, <laughs> rolled, rolled a couple laps of practice. But I noticed you had two bikes. Now, well, then, well the other you bike have was, to tell me that you didn't. You, you didn't the race other, the bike with Supercross suspension, did you? No, no, no. That was my Supercross bike that I'd been riding the day uh-huh. before. That it was in the trailer. Yeah. So we just brought, we just kept kept it in the trailer and mm-hmm. brought it as extra parts just in case we needed them today, oh, okay. which which we actually did because the front disc was bent after the first moto. I think, I think when I was running down, uh, uh, Brownie and Kiefer, <clears throat> I think I got hit with a rock and it bent the disc. Mm. So we ended up having to take the wheel off of the, the supercross bike that we were prepping and, and riding the day before and put that on the, on the bike that I raced in the second moto. Um, so just luckily, you know, like we had the bike there and the parts and everything. So it worked out perfectly, but yeah, it was kind of interesting just, having you know bone stock uh honda you know because that's what i'm racing over in germany Mm -hmm. is basically stock bike and and uh just little minimal parts here and there suspension and obviously uh pipe silencer some engine hangers and that's about it really yeah um yeah it's just something i uh took on this last minute that came about (laughs) right like like right, right before monster cup so yeah, it was um, funny when I saw you guys pull in. <laughs> you jumped out of the car in your gear. I was like, "Oh, somebody's running late." Oh, it, yeah. Like I said, beyond late, it was 
I my plan was wake up, watch the Jacksonville Jaguars game while they're playing in London this morning. They were sucking serious A double S, so I'm like, I can't watch this no more. I I walked over to my dad's. I'm like, hey, let's go race. Yeah, because <laughs> I I literally was not gonna sit there and watch football for three hours while we got smoked. Yeah, twenty six twenty six to three, <laughs> in, in London in a different country, and and wait till ten o'clock to watch the the rest of the football games to finally start. Yeah. I'm like by ten, by ten o'clock, we'll already be done by the first with the first moto. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the first moto, you, uh, you know, I know Kiefer pulled the holy, and then it was Brownie. I think Sleater was up there too, but you you worked away the front, and then you won with a pretty comfortable margin, correct? Well, I didn't get a good start. Um, I I probably started around tenth, and I got into. I had to pass Brownie. I had to get by Tedesco and Sleater. And Trombley, they were up there, I, and I luckily just bonsai got by them all the first lap, and I got into second. Mm-hmm. And then I got, and then I got to Kiefer, and he was riding really well. And I was like, kind of like really surprised because like my arms started pumping up. <laughs> I honestly believe, no, no excuses. I just don't believe I was like fully warmed up from doing the two laps that I rolled. Yeah, of I, I, not. I literally just it was like right back to the gate, dropped the gate. And we're talking like straight to 200% effort. The guys were pushing. So I think my arms kind of blew up and I needed to like take a lap or two to like recover, catch my breath. And then once I saw the opportunity on on Kiefer made a little mistake and I was able to get by and uh, I pulled probably about a four or five second gap and then just tried to manage it. And then I saw Brownie, there were two laps to go, kind of put a little charge on. And then I just kind of brought it into the finish line and Mm -hmm. um, he was probably within three seconds at the finish line. Mm-hmm. Okay. So not so, too far. <clears throat> second moto, you, well, I'm assuming you whole shot because I was, I was at the uh, bottom of the big downhill. Yeah. And so you came around the lead. Then I was actually, um, surprised that you're railing the outside of the turn at the bottom of the hill. Yeah. Well, I went to go look at the track before the second moto and I saw some better lines that I kind of didn't notice in the first moto. Mm-hmm. So I started using more momentum on the outsides, keeping momentum down the hills into the corner so I can shoot at the apex of the corner and have more speed and momentum for the next uphill. Yeah. And uh, just trying to be more methodical mm-hmm. um, with my race lines. It was cool because I'd say out of the top 15, you were the only guy that went outside and you were leading. Really? It was badass. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you it made for some pretty cool pictures. Of yeah, that. I got a couple cool shots. So the uh, second moto, you whole shot, pulled out, and then had a good battle with Brownie at the end. Were you? Uh... Yeah, well, so to the viewers and listeners that – that so I got the whole shot, and I, I had uh, Ivan behind me, and he was pushing me pretty good that first first lap or two. Mm-hmm. And um, I was just dropping the hammer, just trying to just, <clears throat> just you know, get away. And uh, <clears throat> I pulled out probably – somewhere around eight or 10 seconds maybe and I was riding good and then all of a sudden my hands just blew up um blisters bleeding I mean it was literally like the last two laps I was holding on by my fingertips it it hurt so bad Mm -hmm. and they're just super raw like you know I haven't ridden motocross since the last Canadian race uh, the middle of August so you know, almost three months, it's like everything just got soft as far as like that ability to hit bumps. And you know, Glen Helen, it gets square edge, choppy, breaking bumps. And it's just, it's a man's track. Like you got to be a tough 
mother effort to ride that track. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> I'm not saying I went in there thinking it wasn't going to be rough because I know Glen Helen. It's just I wasn't expecting my hands to blow up in a 20-minute race and literally, like, bleeding, hurting. And any rider who knows that when they get blisters, it, it's a very painful feeling. Mm-hmm. And it sucks because you're just you're just at the mercy of the race to finish and get it over with. So I had Brownie catching me those last two laps and, you know, give credit where credit's due. He is a phenomenal racer in such in good shape. And I saw the white flag and I'm like, I can hold on for two more minutes. I can do this. I can I can ride through the pain of the blisters and 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 get this done. And after the first turn going to Talladega, I kind of swept a little too wide and he stayed down low. He had a better momentum coming down into that chute into the second turn. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking like we were aiming for the inside together. I wasn't giving up, giving it up. He wasn't giving it up. And as we're coming into the corner, we lock bars and he kind of like misses the rut and goes over the rut into the outside. And at that point I was like, okay, okay. I got to just pin it from here to the finish line. <laughs> it's like another minute and a half. I got this. And, and, uh, I tell you what, he, he's a great competitor i love racing against brownie great guy great great husband great father man he's a just a role model dude how about he's 48 <laughs> don't what a badass you don't, right? you don't need to remind me that yes i had to go ask him after the race i'm like hey exactly how old are you he's, like, <laughs> he's i think he said he was 47 um regardless 48 47 he is he is he, he's a man he is a the epitome of a, a hero for yeah. all the racers that are vet riders so Man, what a great event! Had a good time racing with all my buddies, and mm-hmm. it was cool to uh, to come out to the Southern California area where I grew up and was born and raised, and you know, put on a good little performance. Man, the crowd was so it, the, like the people who weren't there and that didn't witness it. The people were going crazy the last yeah, lap. They were hearing, they were, so, they were just so excited. Like it wasn't like they wanted Brownie to win or me to win. They just were excited for an awesome battle on the last lap for the yeah. win. Yeah, and, good and then we locked bars and the crowd just loses it. <laughs> and, uh, well, like I said, just a great event. And Lori, you know, she puts on a, a, a great race and does a great job there at Glen Helen. Yeah. So a big thanks to my mechanic, Dave Dye for, um, last minute I call we called him up as we're heading to Glen Helen. <laughs> loads up comes down he misses the first moto completely mi- he's like I show up it's the last lap they hear Michael as the you know last lap and that's what he hears on the the PA system and uh you know big thanks to Dave for coming out and saving the day and and being there for me nice so uh, they said uh I think it was a six thousand dollar purse for that class yes yeah what did you come away with three of it uh, I believe it was three. Uh, nice. I, I I didn't I didn't ask, but I'm I don't race for money. I would go with the racing because the passion, the, yeah. the the pure love of racing, and just that's who I am. That's what I've you know I've done my whole life, and that's what I love to do is just race and just mm-hmm. have a good time. But hey, still, know, not a, not a bad Sunday morning for last minute decision. So yeah, <laughs> three grand minus the uh, entry fee of your dad. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the entry fee is, but he <laughs> he might he might just waive it, or I'm hoping he does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is this a, uh, would this be a Moto Concepts Smart Top Bullfrog Spas title? Or is this For a, sure. Uh, yeah? For sure. 100%. <laughs> nice. Out here, on the edge, failure is no option. Here, you don't compromise. Off-road, on-road, on the track, off the grid. Sunstar sprockets and brake discs come installed in more motorcycles and all-terrain vehicles than any other in the world. 
period. The engineers who design your bike trust Inspect Sunstar for the same reason you should. Because here, on the edge, failure is no option. Sunstar, number one in sprockets and brake discs. Hey everyone, it's Marvin Miskin from the Red Bull KTM Racing Team. Right now, KTM is making it easier than ever to get out and ride. Head to your local KTM Autorized dealer to take advantage of limited time offer on qualified dirt, street, adventure, and naked models, or check out KTM.com to learn more today. Hi, this is 250 Supercross Champion Chase Sexton of the Geico Honda Team. To get the most performance out of your motocross bike, make sure you're using the Yoshimura exhaust systems. Visit Yosh at Yoshimura-RD.com to see their wide line of slip-ons and complete systems for your bike today. Now enjoy the Swap Moto Live Kickstart podcast. Riders like Justin Cooper, Don Frandis, Eli Tomac, Adam Entingnap, Josh Hansen, and more partner with Works Chassis Lab for engine mounts and other special parts to add comfort to and enhance the handling characteristics of their bikes. With championships and race wins to prove it, Works Chassis Lab Parts provides the winning edge. Visit WorksChassisLab.com for more information. Uh, tell me a little bit about Monster Cup, um, the two-stroke. I mean, we so, we talked so about it Monster beforehand. Cup, and so Monster Cup, the idea was um, we got the call from Eddie Sanders, and he had this idea and a project. So at first, that's all it kind of was, was just talking, just the idea of maybe building a 325 because it – the U.S. Open or, you know, back in the day, you can ride whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, the four strokes weren't they, – they weren't there yet uh, in the 96 or 97 year that they raced there. So the idea was to build this badass 325 and to try to make history and get it into the, to the, to the main event and be the first ever two-stroke rider in the Monster Cup era, so the four-stroke era, to qualify at the Monster Cup. And, um, yeah, the weeks leading up was, it wasn't easy. Obviously people who have ridden four strokes and that have never rode two strokes or even for the people that do know two stroke power, you have to ride the two stroke very aggressively and hard. You have to keep momentum in order to do the jumps and the rhythms and you have to keep speed because the four strokes, you get lazy. You just blip the throttle and you jump 70, 80 feet. Mm -hmm. There's no big, no big deal in supercross with a two stroke it's a completely different idea and the momentum is huge and it's key. So we had to make sure we moved the power where he had, it was more like mid to top. Well, for monster cup, it needed to be at the bottom. So you had the, the power to get out of the corners and get the rhythms and the, and the trainings to get the, the jumps and obviously the corners and into the finish line, you had to be aggressive. So when we started doing this, we had to kind of move that power down and, and into the area where I felt like it needed to be. And, yeah, like I said, a cool little project and just an awesome, uh, awesome deal with Eddie Sanders and um, ESR. And we had a lot of good sponsors, uh, obviously, Moto Concept, Smart Top, and Mike Genova. We had Mika Bars, Liat Gear. Um, we had the Flow Foot Pegs and Levers. We had Weisinger. Just a lot of cool people that were on board and just um, just wanted to be a part of it and make some history. And mm-hmm. that's what we did. <laughs> and then uh, we, we talked about this at uh at milestone during the photo shoot but yeah i was like dude eddie sanders was like a three-wheel god (laughs) (laughs) i think i think your dad talked to him about me saying that but did did you happen to talk to him about that at all i i did not know unfortunately (laughs) yeah tony said that uh eddie was all pumped that someone remembered him 
Yeah, he's I, I, crazy enough. I, I never even met the guy. Uh-huh. I've never, I've never met him. Just spoke to him on the phone, and it, this was just an awesome little project that we put together, and we're able to, to, like I said, get into the to the main events. And a lot of people don't even realize, but on my third day in California, I cracked my collarbone at a local track, and um, and I raced collarbone with uh, Monster Cup with a cracked collarbone the mm-hmm. whole weekend. Really, and I can't tell you this enough, but. I rode with so much pain. Every single time I was on the track, when I came back to the truck, I literally wanted to quit and be done because the pain was so, it's just enormous, you know? But my will and my grittiness to just go forth with getting this thing in, yeah, doing the job at hand, and uh, it just, the pain was gnarly, but I just gritted my teeth and I just said, keep going, keep going. And I missed the qualifying in practice by 0.9 of a second to make it in. So I had to go to the LCQ, which obviously it's always stressful and nervous, you know, because you got to get a good start and it's three laps. And uh, so I told myself, I'm like, get the whole shot and yeah. just get yourself up front. And sure as shit, we got the start coming <laughs> in the first turn. I'm pretty much like, I'm just like, wow, this is, this is, this is amazing. Yeah. And uh, let it from start to finish and, and uh, I was just super excited on the podium doing my interview and just revving it up real loud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that bike was crazy how you had to literally warm it up for like 10 minutes or something, right? Yeah. So <clears throat> with the engine, it had to be, you know, at least at least 10 minutes of warm up time. It had to get to a certain temperature mm-hmm. before the bike could actually go onto the track. So we had to get approval from AMA. We had to tell them, hey, you know, this thing needs like some time to it has to be warmed up. Uh, properly before mm-hmm. it hits the track at speed so they gave us the approval to, to idle and warm up as we're on the starting gate um, before each practice and obviously the main event so um, thanks to Thule and all the guys there to AMA for you know obviously allowing that to happen and you know being on board yeah it's funny because uh, I think before one of the practice sessions I was, I was sitting in the stands waiting to shoot and I could hear that thing idling outside the stadium <laughs> for like 10 minutes. I'm like, oh, there's Mikey's bike. People in the stands like, who's the idiot on the starting gate with his bike just running? Oh, oh good times. So, okay, yeah. you're going to, uh, you said Germany tomorrow or no, Tuesday? Tuesday, Tuesday yeah. First for- round is uh, is uh, this weekend coming up in Stuttgart. And then uh, it's a doubleheader. So we go Friday night, Saturday night. And then I go back to Florida, which is nice. I, uh, Obviously, I haven't been home since mm-hmm. when I left October 1st or October 2nd to come out to California. So be nice to get home. And then my second round is Thanksgiving weekend, which is the 29th and 30th. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then I get a month break and then I come back uh, January 10, 11, 12 for the final round. So oh, cool. So you, you go back and forth. It's not like you have to stay there. Correct. Yeah, go back and forth. It's, it's seven total rounds. Um, obviously, they're. Uh, double headers on the first two and then the triple header on the final final round is uh yeah three mm-hmm. so and right now i'm talking uh to eric Perinod maybe about getting into the switzerland race which is the following weekend um after the second round mm-hmm. um and i would just pretty much just get in the truck and just drive it's a five and a half hour drive from munich mm-hmm. um to uh to to geneva switzerland and maybe do that race yeah cool well i might see you there yep that one all right, what are you? What what is the plan, Mikey? Um, I mean, I, I've heard rumors of you know like, you, you know, you retiring and becoming full time family man, dad. 
Um, but then I asked you a milestone. You're all, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> you know, it's a lot of people has been asking me this question and it's a, <clears throat> it's a very complex, tough question to answer. And it's like, so obviously I've been racing since 2004. My pro debut at Millville obviously didn't go great. Came back two weeks later at, uh, at Steel City and podium with Carmichael and Wyndham. Just a historic day, you know, 16 mm-hmm. years old three months and it's like to think 2004 and then you know a few few weeks it's 2020 and i'm still racing at the highest level you know at the pro level and Mm -hmm. um you know i just uh i had a great summer this year up in canada i got second Mm -hmm. uh led the most laps which was awesome got the most moto wins and the most hole shots and i tied with my teammate who won the championship uh on total uh, overall victory so we tied mm-hmm. <laughs> but um it, it's just there's nothing there's no rides for next year up there all yeah. the rides are, are taken so you know all the teams i talk to it's like hey you got any spot for next year you know possibility that i can be here nope we're full we already had our guys signed you know before the season even started and it's like really like i, I just don't, i don't get it so whatever i mean if that's the plan and and, and god's plan that just be a husband and a father and and no more racing then so be it i know right now i don't want to be done i want to keep racing and i want to keep doing this because it's my passion it's who i am it's what i love and man that fire is still burning to try to win a championship and it just you know like i said this summer like winning all those motos and 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 bringing this thing down to the last and final moto with a legit chance at the title and you know i would love to have redemption because you know, my teammate who won it is done, retired. He's he's uh, not racing no more. So that puts me in line as the next guy to to step up and win. Mm-hmm. Dang, I just yeah, like I, I don't understand how there's no value in 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 that for next year, and it's just baffling to me, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. So if Canada didn't work out, I mean, would you race in the states? Is there a room for you on the the Smart Top Moto Concepts team? Uh, definitely not Supercross. Um, I kind of already told Genova, I'm like, hey, you know, I, I, I enjoyed helping out the team last year and, and filling in for Vince and Malcolm when they got hurt and mm-hmm. kind of filling that void in that spot to have that second rider on the team. Um, I just, <clears throat> I'll be completely honest, man, I just don't have any of a desire to go travel and race supercross and do that anymore like mm-hmm. it's it's not who i want to be I, I you know i i love supercross but i definitely enjoy it more from the couch than i do <laughs> being on the track risking risking my you know my nuts and and it's just yeah it's not for me and yeah. um i don't know what the motocross uh, possibilities could be uh it, that's you know not we don't race till end of may or early june or whatever in canada so it's uh it's it's it, whatever god's idea and plan is for me in the next chapter mm-hmm. i'm almost i'm almost 32 years old so it's not like i'm a spring chicken i'm you know a 17 18 19 years old anymore i'm not a teenager i'm a, a grown adult married with kid you know and it's like you know if this is the plan, then that's the plan. But mm-hmm. I want to keep racing. I want. I want to keep. I want to keep doing it. I yeah. want to keep motocross. And um, well, I guess we'll see what happens and what the future holds. If racing is done, what does Michael Essie do? Be a husband and a father, man. That's it. And 
enjoy life, man. Mm-hmm. Not having to. <clears throat> so the traveling, man, for me is the gnarliest thing. It's the you waking up early, flying to a different city, a different rental car, different hotel, and racing a different city. And then you wait, you race till you know whatever 10, 11 o'clock at night. You're not even out of the stadium till midnight. Then you have a six a.m. flight the next day, so you mm-hmm. barely get any sleep. And by the time you get home on Sunday, you're so tired, you just want to pass out. And then you take your clothes on Monday, empty them out of your clothes, your your suitcase. You wash them, literally from the dryer right back to the bag, and then you're gone again Wednesday or Thursday to go ride press mm-hmm. at the next weekend's race. And it's like. <clears throat> yeah, it gets old. <laughs> I've, done it. I've done it since 2005 or 2000. Yeah, 2005. And it's like, no, thanks. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I've put in my time and I've done the, the traveling enough. And it's like, I'm good. And you're in, that's, you're based that's, in that's Florida now? I'm in Florida. And that's what I love about Canada is that you can take your motor home up to Canada and you just have a good time you can enjoy the summer and the temperatures are like 70 degrees 75 degrees so it's perfect <laughs> and you can, and you can drive from race to race to race and all while having your family there with you in the motorhome mm-hmm. that's what i like that's me <laughs> so there's no uh, trash cans full of ice water in canada <laughs> no they're not they are needed at some races yes yes they are but not uh not normally no you don't need them <laughs> yeah. unless you unless you want to freeze your nuts off for no reason <laughs> nice what uh looking back at your your career um what are you most proud of well i would say the biggest thing that i'm most proud of is that my t- my tenacity and my focus and the de- determination to never give up and mm. to keep striving for <clears throat> what every kid dreams of and that's a championship and mm never let go of that that focus and dream that you just you work for something you keep working you keep working and you know sometimes it doesn't happen and that's life like things things happen in in this racing with injuries and you know maybe mechanicals or you know weird crashes or but you know what you just stay the course you just keep going after it another year just and that's what I want to be remembered for. Just, you know, I never gave up and I always rode with a hundred percent and, uh, just was a fighter. Mm -hmm. Looking back at photos of your, uh, self through your racing career, what was your, what do you think was the year that you looked the coolest? Um, you know, it's kind of funny. Uh, my mom texted me a picture. So she was like, where was this picture from? And I'm looking at it. I'm like, that's definitely LACR when I'm on a KTM, 50 this mm-hmm. had to have, and i was in an o'neill gear and um just getting like whipped and sideways if you could call it <laughs> whipped or sideways for being back then in the 90s and um that's just like i mean a cool picture that just recently that i looked at that mm-hmm. uh that brought me back and that was like 96 97 so we're talking over 20 years ago and uh so when I told her that the year and where it was, because I told her the mountains in the background, that's definitely LACR. Mm-hmm. And she was like, man, your memory is so good. And I'm just like, I've been racing a long time. I got a lot of memories. All you got to do is ask me. And I'm like a book. Yeah. I can tell you everything about every year and almost every day of my career and what I did and where I was. And just the man that I am now and the person that I am now, I'm so different than I was when I was a teenager. It's um, 
it's just awesome. Like my career has been great and, um, you know, won some races and made some bucks and invested it well in properties and houses and some tracks and different things that I can make money back on and, mm-hmm. you know, not have to worry too, too much about bills, obviously right off the bat. And if I am done racing, so I got a beautiful wife and a little beautiful baby, Raina Lane. She's just the light of my world and just my heart. I just love waking up and then just seeing the joy in her face. And it's just like this summer. And when I was, I was winning up in Canada, it's like, man, I'd have a, a hard bike ride, a hard gym session. And I come back and it's just like, I see her jumping up and down, having a good time, <laughs> smiling. It's just like, it's effing worth it. It yeah. is straight up. It's worth it. And that's why I put in the time and the effort. Cool. All right. Along the same lines, what was the best bike you ever raced? Um, Oh man, uh, for sure. I'm going to say in the, in the early years, I would say for sure when I was with Roger in 08, 09, when I was battling Stewart, when mm-hmm. he had that undefeated season in 08, that bike was awesome. You know, it was the same exact bike in 09 when I was winning the championship. <clears throat> so that was probably the first best bike of that uh, period. Mm-hmm. And then, and then when I got to Moto Concepts, in in 12 that bike was really good Mm. and just the year that i had in 12 um you know getting second to uh, to dungy that season we had a we had a good year that year we were sixth in supercross and second in outdoors and to date that's my best overall um on a whole season Mm -hmm. overall finish is a six in a supercross and a second in outdoors to dungy so i would say the 12 bike was probably if not the best um second best and then mm-hmm. man this new bike now that we're moving more towards like two, 2018 2019 we got chad at xpr dude that guy is a wizard like mm-hmm. he can make a motorcycle work extremely well and that's why that's why you see justin hill malcolm stewart and the riders that are you know riding for the team and they get on the bike and it's like instantly they love the bike and it's mm-hmm. just like it, that all comes from my dad's methodical thinking and development and how to make the motorcycle better. Mm-hmm. And I know my dad has been, you know, he gets a bad rap. He was crazy back in the day and, you know, just a loose cannon and just, just gnarly, you know, crazy. And he's just so much calmer nowadays. And he looks at things like just half of the glass. And it's like, he knows he, one thing he knows what to do is how to make a motorcycle work. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's why you see the success from the Moto Concepts guys and all the riders that are here. And, man, almost every rider that has had their best season that rode for Mike Genova and his team mm-hmm. have had their best seasons on the Moto Concepts team. So it's kind of ironic. Um, all the way from Kyle Cunningham, Kyle Chisholm, um, to obviously Vince Freeze, and just the list goes on and on and on and on. And that comes from a fortitude of the development into the motorcycle and uh and just what my dad and and xpr chad have done to um to develop a great motorcycle it is a it is a a, a, a amazing motorcycle for sure okay tell me about the uh <laughs> the legendary tony alessi human dino i hear well, he'll, he'll like rip across the desert so know? so okay so it's kind of ironic you're bringing this up because the other day at milestone <laughs> Justin Hill is like, man, something something doesn't feel right, T.A. Like, it's, something's not right. So T.A.'s like, keep the bike. And he goes and rides it through the pits and he takes it over to the back part of the milestone parking lot. And, dude, he's like a human dino. He comes back. He's like, he's like X, Y, and Z. He's like, it's this, this, and this in the, in the, in the, um, 
ECU and click, 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 goes back, tries it, and he comes back. He's like, okay, now ride it. Friggin' thing was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it, I, I don't I don't know how he does it, but man, it's like in his mind when he feels the power and the way the torque is, it's just like he knows. That's so funny. I've heard I mean, multiple people have told me that, you know, like Tony gets on the bike and rips the ground and he can diagnose stuff. Yeah, that's one thing TAV's very, very good at is is building and knowing the the the, the experience on a motorcycle and how to make it work. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, opposite question through your pro yeah. career: What was the least competitive or the worst bike, the bike you struggle with the most? Um, I'll be completely honest. I mean, straight up, it was the three fifty. I mean, it's like taking a pocket knife to a sword fight. I mean, I don't know how I did it at the the first round at Hangtown. Got mm-hmm. that whole shot. I don't know if that was just luck or the timing or whatever, but. If you go back and look at that race, right? So you look at the starting gate and the way it was ripped. It was like really fine. Like it wasn't deep. It wasn't like loose. It was just minimal rippage. Mm -hmm. So after I got the whole shot, starting at the next round, free stone and high point, what do you think happens? They dip, rip it deep. They ripped it. They ripped it super deep, and I never saw another hole shot the rest of the season. Yeah. And the only only other race that I that I got a podium that season was Southwick. And guess how the start was there? Yeah, they can't rip sand any you deeper. Can't, you yeah. can't. You can't rip sand. So I got good starts, and I mean, you know, the bike is is what it is. It's a three fifty, and you know they did everything that could that season to make it competitive, and and it just. When the when the dirt was ripped really deep, it, you didn't have a chance. Yeah, you didn't have chance when you when you and Shorty then switched to the four fifty the next year. Mm, yeah, I mean, did you ever ever even consider the three fifty again after? Nope, that? never nope. again. It was just like good riddance. Yep. See ya. Bye bye. <laughs> wow, that's funny because you know obviously tracks in Europe are different and everything, but like you know, Cairoli had plenty of success on the thing. Yes. Do you you think- got to remember, though, you got to remember too. Over there, their tracks are just—I mean, they're freaking rugged. I mean, rocky, slippery. They don't touch shit over there. They just like have fun. Here's your, <laughs> here's your track. Yeah. So I think the 350 kind of like worked a little bit better over there, where you didn't you didn't need the whole power of a 450, or it's just a handful. Mm, yeah. All right. And, um- and obviously, looking at their starts, they rarely ever rip the start. It's just flat. Yeah, hard back. Okay, through your career, biggest regret or something you could change, take back? Um, for sure, <laughs> it's uh, it, it, doing, you know, having that 40-point lead with, uh, with Suzuki in 09, that, that was, <laughs> I mean, it was as close to being a championship season as you, could, as you could say. It was pretty much, it was mine. It was signed, sealed, delivered. I was, I felt like the best guy and I was going to win that season and, um, DC asked me to do a, a, a press day for him and I went there and did it and uh, just doing this stupid rhythm section and I over jumped it and hit a fence didn't even crash broke my kneecap done mm. and um, you know there's a little regret obviously doing that and then trying to come back three weeks later and race Lakewood and get taken out on the first lap by Josh Parent that was a, that was a 
does a pretty low ball move, low, low below the belt move on the first lap, knowing I was hurt. And it was, you know, there's no way you can't deny it. It's just like cross two ruts mm-hmm. and completely clean me out. And, but I mean, at the same time, like if I was out there, like, you know, trying to race and, and, and I knew the other guy was injured, I'm not saying I would go do the same thing, but you're putting yourself at risk and dude, that's, that's racing. Like, so I get it. Mm-hmm. You know what? Uh, <laughs> and it's funny. I don't, I don't, I don't think you and I have ever talked about this before, but like when we were, when we were at the track today and I saw you battling with Tedesco on the first moto, I was like, whoa, flashbacks, right? <laughs> oh, five. Well, what, oh, boy. What, what is the explanation for that when you're standing on Hot Sauce's bike? Well, I mean, it's, it's a pretty easy answer. I, you know, I've had so many years and days and <laughs> hours to think about it. And it's like, you know, I was just a 16 or 17 year old kid, just, going for the title my first year and I just I, I lost my mind and and and, uh, and I wanted to win the title that first lap of the second moto and it's like uh, just lost my mind and uh, made a really bad decision and uh, you know obviously you know seeing Ivan today you know it's cool now that we're able to talk and and have a communication and mm-hmm. and, and have a friendship so it's you know water under the bridge and a million years it seems like a million yeah, years right? ago, million a million years days ago. So, yeah, just a simple mistake, being stupid, and uh, got caught up in the moment and let the best of me, uh, my intentions and bad decisions get the best of me. So, you know, you live and learn, you know, and uh, like I said, being able to talk to Ivan now and just have a communication and even racing with him today was pretty cool. In the second moto, he was right behind me, and, yeah. and he, was, he was pushing me that, that first two laps. He was pushing. You, you know, it's funny. Every, every, on Friday, uh, I went to Glen Helen to ride practice, and it was the track was really crappy and it was windy and terrible, but uh, Ivan was there. <laughs> it was so funny. I like saw him and I was like, "Why is Adam Cincerello here?" <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like yeah, you know, the no, whole I, nine I, thing. Yeah, Adam's wearing that number proudly. That's for sure. Yeah. Right. Cool. Well, hey, what do you think? Uh, you know, like, say the time comes and you retire. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, it's. It, evident for every rider it's going to happen sooner or later what's it going to be like when you see someone else choose 800 because i mean it's got to happen eventually right someone's going to get assigned it i mean i would hope i I would hope the rider has the decency to give me a call and say hey man i'd like the number 800 you think i could have it i'd be totally cool with it no problem um i mean it's not something that i own i can't you know, it's not something I can take with me and after my career is <laughs> over. So, I mean, it's uh, it's free game. If somebody wants it, take it. But you get, it's a big number to live up to. You got to make sure you're the whole shot. You know, yeah. You can get whole shots and get put it storage. out front. Man, it's so funny. I can remember that 800 on a PW50. Yep. It, uh, the, so my number, a lot of people don't understand the viewers that are listening. So it was eight. my number was, my favorite number was eight. So all time number is eight. I loved it. So go to World Mini 94, 95, something like that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> go to check-in. So you can't you can't be number eight your first year. You got to be top 10 the year before. So my dad's like, okay, well, what about 80? That's Michael Bloss' number. Okay, what about 800? And the lady's like, if you can get it fit on the side of a PW, <laughs> you can run it. And my dad's cutting it with scissors and makes it work, and it's stuck, and that's been my number ever since. So funny. You know what, what's a crack-up and, like, I was talking to you about about this the other day, just how old 
watching you at this stage in your career makes me feel. But like, so I worked at Cycle News, and I was the locals editor. So I was in charge of all the like Parish Raceway stories, and you know Glen Helen, and all the little the little stories about the local racing that went on. And I remember your dad was you know a contributor, and he used to send the stories and stuff all the time. And so I, I spent a lot of time talking to him on the phone, and I remember he's like. Yeah, man, Don. I, I I think I might buy a a PW fifty for the boys, but I I just don't know if I want to go down that avenue. Yeah. <laughs> like it's funny that I could remember that conversation. And he was like, I, I just don't know if I'm ready for that. And I was like, Ah, oh, just get a bike. It'll be fun. Like, yeah. look what it turned into. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's a it, as a kid, man, and as a father. Like now that I'm a father, it's a it's a big commitment and. uh you know, you, you want the best for your kids and you want to steer them in the right direction and you love them and you take care of them. And it's like, like I said, you want the best for them and you're willing to go to the end of the earth to give them what they need and what they want. And if that's their, their, their desires to go race dirt bikes, man, you got to support it. And, um, yeah, that'd be my, I mean, even if I'm talking to people who are listening, it's like, if your kid wants to race, let them race. Yeah. Let them race. <clears throat> Because eventually, if they don't like it, you there's other things to do. Definitely. <laughs> did you ever have any other interests? Like, did you um, Jeffrey play football or? No, we were pretty good into the BMX. That's where we kind of got started, mm-hmm. and but it was always moto. It's just the desire and just like like my heart and soul is just I'm a racer. Like today, <laughs> I'm a racer. I just wake up and go race and not even part of the plan yeah that's awesome you, that in you know you, there's something interesting you're either built and born with that or you're not it's, mm-hmm. it's not something that you can you know like a light switch you can turn on and off it's either you have it within you or you don't yeah definitely well hey buddy uh it was great to see you today and uh it was man this is awesome uh little catching up with on the phone but, thank you uh, Good luck in Germany. Thank you. I want to say a big thank you, obviously, to Mike Genova. That guy is um, having my back uh, for so many years. I, this will be to the end of 2011 is when I started riding for him. So we're going on uh, almost eight, eight years, nine mm-hmm. years, whatever it is. And just uh, by far number one best team manager, team owner I have ever rode for. So big thank you to Genova. Smart Top Moto Concepts and Bullfrog Spas and, uh, you know, all the great sponsors that I've had over my career. It's been been amazing. So big thank you to my dad. Uh, I got to you know, thank him. <laughs> you know, as much as we, you know, used to butt heads or, you know, he'd been crazy and pushed me too hard. But, man, I love him. And, uh, you know, he's made me the man that I am today. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, I learned from my mistakes, right or wrong, good or bad. Like, I've had a, I've had a great career. And. Um, got a lot of great memories to uh, talk about in the in the future years around the campfire or wherever we are, and just talking moto with my buddies, and it's been awesome. So. Definitely, right on, buddy. Thank you. Good luck, and uh, man, I hope to see you soon. Thank you, Don. I appreciate it. All right, thanks for listening, guys. <laughs>